Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge, because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of Entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy, Lake Kim, in the building, and I got my brother, KB, in the building with me. We're on episode 46, and we decided to name this one, Make Your Next Move Your Best Move. Now, KB and I, we've been gone for a couple weeks, and y'all know that when we disappear, that means we in the trenches. So for all the listeners, we back, yo, like, we ready to deliver, and this episode it's for all the entrepreneurs that sometimes find themselves feel like they're stuck, man. KB and I, we, we came up with this episode because I think it's needed right now for a lot of entrepreneurs that sometimes they don't know what they should do next. What KB did was he came up with the quote and he's also going to let y'all know why we decided to choose this episode. So KB, what's the quote of the day? Never regret. If it's good, it's wonderful. If it's bad, then it's experience. I like that. What I love about this quote is never really a loss. You always can turn into a lesson, but you're never going to really figure that out until you keep going. That's so true. Every situation, you can learn something from it, like every situation. Yeah. The reason we chose this episode, most entrepreneurs know what they're great at, but they often find themselves stagnant because they know they can offer more to their company and their clients. Not to mention that their past accomplishments and mistakes have created so much doubt and they often find themselves unsure what their next move should be. You can't live off the old war victories and you can't be scared to move on because of old battle scars. But we know in business, the most confident people always win. And that's why we want our fellow entrepreneurs to have short-term memory when they make their next move their best move. That's true. They don't want to be that person that was that guy or that girl in high school and they turned out to be a nobody. You messed up when high school was the, your highest point in your whole life. Back then, you was a man, homie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality of it, bro. And then on the flip side, if you wasn't that guy or that girl, you could still have the opportunity to change who you are now because it was high school. It was so many years ago. Bro, there's so many people that wasn't relevant and they became something. And there were so many people that was that guy or that girl. And, bro, I don't even know, you know what they up to now because they're off the map really about what your next move is. That's what we try and get at, for real. And that's what kept the fire under me, because for the record, I got most likely to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm not going to be one of them. I'm going to keep putting the pressure on. And to this day, that's still something small in the back of my mind. Nah, I'm going to live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, because in high school, like you said, you was the man. And when you dropped out of college, yo, everyone thought we lost you, bro. We didn't know where you was going. No, I'm going to talk about that this episode, too. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So y- y'all know how this episode breaks down. What KB and I, we're going to do, we're going to first um, talk about some of the, the three problems that we came up with that most entrepreneurs, they feel when it comes to making their next move. Because a lot of the times they feel like they're a failure. They feel like, yo, they messed up. So KB, what are the three problems that we came up with? Well, the first problem entrepreneurs say, I wish I never tried that. I truly understand entrepreneurs with this one. But however, it's done already. Everything is more clearer in retrospect, which is the beauty of the presence. Yeah, bro. 
like well, one thing my coach always told me is he said you can never see the picture when you're in the frame or he always said that a jar can't read its own label and i'm like wait what really had to analyze that and it's when you in the moment you really can't see what's going on until after that really helped me understand whenever i feel like i wish i never tried that i'm just like bro i'm in the picture right now it's not meant for me to see it yeah, it might be an ugly picture but <laughs> <laughs> once you get out the frame you're like oh all right cool i could do some editing <laughs> facts the second problem i actually wish i did do that and i truly believe entrepreneurs living with regrets hurts more than actually failing at something because you could always live with that what if question it hurts you because you never know what can actually happen. So you saying, I actually wish I did do that. It can harm you in the long run. Yeah. One of the worst ways to live life is the what if game, man. Thinking what if this, what if that, that's just, I don't know. I just think you're playing in an area that you shouldn't like worry about because it is what it is. And as long as you don't give up, you learn from it. It's like, you just get over this point for real. Yeah, man. I'd rather fail then have a story about me failing than not having a story about what if. Yeah, like, it's better to have a story than no story. That makes sense, bro. The third problem we have, we discovered by entrepreneurs, they would say, I don't know what my next move should be. This is a problem that all entrepreneurs face, no matter what level. Should you convert to online only, relocate to different cities, increase your marketing budget, hire employees, fire employees, or invest in new business right now? When you run your day-to-day -day tasks, it can look good on the outside. But at night, when you have all these endless thoughts, these are the things that go through your mind as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, bro. And like this problem, whenever an entrepreneur says, I don't know what my next move should be, that's why we reverted to the title. Make your next move your best move. We've experienced these problems, bro. We've said these, we've thought of them, we've experienced them. But the most important thing is we've overcame them. Let's jump into some of these experiences, bro. Have you ever caught yourself, KB, saying, yo, I wish I never tried that? Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. It was actually hard to address this problem because after I go through a certain situation, I pretty much channel as a positive automatically. No matter how bad the situation, I always try to find the good thing within the experience. However, there are some things I wish I never tried <laughs> as an entrepreneur. Well, what you saying, bro? The most recent one was me spending 8K on Body by KB merch during the pandemic. What? How much <laughs> you just said? 8K, man. Oh, God. Don't get me wrong. My plan was like, it was solid. At least I thought it was solid, but it just didn't pan out the way I wanted to. That's a lot of money to like, yo, hold on, bro. What is this? Last October? I had the whole marketing plan set up. I need to know more to that story. So 8K didn't work out. W what happened? I'm, I'm going to give it to you. It's just hard to talk about it. I was barely building a marketing campaign to build up to say like I'm revamping the Body by KB experience, like getting the logo, getting the pieces ready, doing pieces for men and women. And what my plan was is to do an ad course. So the ad course is going to help me strategize to market it before I even get it the actual merch. Now, being that we was in a pandemic, things were open, kind of going back to normal. So my plan was to have like a release party and the release party, I didn't want everybody wearing the same thing. I want everybody just to come in any piece of Body by KB clothing. So it could be just like, almost like a fashion show of Body by KB. Everybody could come for free. You just come with your merch. Okay. And I was studying the course and of course I took the course and I was like 1800. So now I'm like 10K in. <laughs> 
Oh, you two feet in on this, bro. The course is set as a six-week course, accelerator. But however, when I get the course, it's very extensive where you really can't do this for six weeks unless this is the only thing that you're doing. Yeah. I'm learning as much as possible trying to study. I'm gaining knowledge, but at the same time, the course is really intense. So in my mind, I'm like, this is October, November. By December, I should have the course out. I should finish the course. I should have the merch. And I'll order 25 days in advance, probably okay. do photo shoots beforehand, leak it a little bit. The clothes didn't come to probably end of December. Wait, so when did you order it? I ordered it in October. Wow. So I ordered samples and then I just went crazy and was like, let me just get every different flavor of colors. So this way I could have a variety. And that's just my personality. Like I want a variety. I didn't want to go crazy with it, but I just want to have different options for different people. So knowing that I have different colors and different sizes, and I ordered bigger sizes because for men, it usually fits smaller for a European cut. But for women, it was the exact size. So I had a whole bunch of sizes that wasn't for my actual clientele because my clientele is mostly small and mediums. So now I got a bunch of larges and extra larges. <laughs> it was a mess. But at the same time, I was like, I got to find the good in this. And you know, I sold as much as things I could possibly I could sell within my reach. And I still have things that, you know, that are sitting in the boxes right now. And the whole play was if I spend 8K, my turnaround should probably be like, like 32 to 24 to 32,000. And that's if I had the ads rolling. So the business model is perfectly set up. But when it came down to the actual execution, that's where a big problem came for me. Because then I got sick. Then I caught COVID after my birthday. It was just so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Hold on. Like you still, to this point, haven't fully made the return on everything that you spent. Oh, no, I made the return. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, 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 cool. I made the return because I still had the knowledge from the course. So I still was able to sell enough products to break even. Okay, cool. Yeah, I still break even, but I didn't get the you know thirty two k back yet. Winter seasons come back around, hoodie seasons come back around, and now I have even more knowledge to even push it. Okay, that makes more sense, bro. Because I thought this was gonna be a war story where you say you spent eight k, lost ten, but no, at least you broke even. And I think for entrepreneurs, I thought that the way you finished that story made a lot of sense. Is yo, you knew what was on the line, and you were gonna figure it out regardless. I think whenever entrepreneurs they aim to invest in something or they they go after something, I feel like when it don't go the way you plan, it's easy just to give up. And be like, man, this was just a complete waste of 8000 So why didn't you just throw it in the towel before you broke even? I'm not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, the demand is there. Like, even now, it's still there. And that's what kept me wanting to just keep pushing and trying to figure out a way to make it work. So even though I didn't get everything I wanted to, like, out of it, but just knowing that people believe in the brand and that's what helped me accountable to keep going and keep trying to figure out different ways to make it work. And for those who are doing merch or starting a merch business or clothing line, I would say from my experience, just order samples. But this way you order samples, you collect pre-orders and this way you don't have to spend your own money to actually pay for it. Even though I use my credit card and I use my 0% interest card, I still had to carry some of that debt, but I would do that differently where I would do basically market research to see what the people want, see the colors that they like. Because it was so crazy that I ordered the normal colors, black, red, gray, but nobody wanted them. Everybody wanted <laughs> the beige. People wanted the yellow. They want like, the okay. exotics, bro, the exotics. And it's crazy because based on what my prior history, every black goes first, red goes first. 
And it was just a totally different experience. And I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous. And I just started sporting my brand myself as much as possible. And I just wear it as much as I can. Yeah, bro. I think even though you wish you never tried it, I still feel again, like we said in the beginning, that's an experience that you learn from. And I'm sure in the solutions, you definitely gonna have something that's gonna bring that home. For me, bro, I have a, a similar experience as well where I felt like I wish I never tried that. So for me in 2020, I really wanted to create something that like I could sell that was 100% mines. So the same thing during the pandemic, I feel like during that period, that's where everybody just wanted to tap in and feel like they could offer more. It's a blessing and a curse during that time. But during that time, bro, I was, I was seeking something. I was like, I wanna create something that's mine that I could offer to people. Because my entire career in sales, I've always been selling someone else's product or someone else's service, but I've really never had my own. So my mindset was like, I right, like Kim, do some research. And the first opportunity that presents itself, I was willing to invest in that. And from everyone listening, if you pay attention to all the episodes, yeah, I've heard that I invested in a mobile barbershop. The idea was great. Like I thought that everyone needed to get a haircut and people would pay for that premium service. And it was a great idea, bro. Uh, my business partner initially told me uh, like, yo, Lay, it's only, um, I think 30,000 to get into it. But that 30,000, that's gonna turn into like a hundred bands plus within a year time frame. And I liked it. The idea sounded great. I jumped in, I put 10 down and I put 15 and Wait, hold on. You talk about my AK, you just blew 30,000? <laughs> Not full 30, almost. So I was going to go full 30. What I was realizing was the more money I put down, the more it was requiring. So I was like, all right, I'm 20,000 20, in. All right, then it was like, yo, late, we just need another 5,000. And now I'm 25,000 in and my product still ain't done. It took six months. So now I'm getting cold feet because I'm like, hold on. I'm 25,000 and I have nothing tangible. So I, I start second guessing myself, bro. I'm like, yo, hold on. I don't even care about hair. It's cool. Yeah, it's mines. Yeah, I could hire employees to, to do that. But I was realizing I wasn't passionate about that. And even though it was mined, it wasn't something that like I really cared about. So what I started like doing was I started saying, yo, like maybe this ain't the move. And the more I was learning was I just had to keep pouring more money into it. Then it was like, all right, yo, in order to get the, the thing completely done, I need another 10. I'm like, wait, that's more than 30. I was like, nah, like I can't do this, man. You know what? I'm going to stop where I'm at because I could clearly see this is going to be a cash cow and it's just going to keep requiring me to pump more money into it. And I lost all interest. And when it was all said and done, I did get the truck. The truck was cool. It was beautiful. Everything that I wanted. But then I sold it because as soon as I, I touched it, I was like, All right, it was cool. It was nice. Got the title in my name. I got multiple vehicles now. It was cool. But I was like, I just had to get rid of it. And then I sold it at a loss. So unlike yourself, at least you broke even, right? You made sure you at least got your 8K. But me, I saw what was required and I knew that I wasn't really into it like that. I just thought it was cool. And it was a lesson. It was a lesson that really made me understand that, like Kim, if you want to get into something, do something that, that you care about or do something that's like in your field that could complement what you're doing. So that's my experience of something that I wish I never tried. 
because that's a, a recovery that I'm still in the process of overcoming because I, I dumped over 30,000 um, into it and I still ain't see my return on it. By that situation happening, how do you even approach the next move? Because you can't just stay there. So as an entrepreneur, how do you even attack it with confidence? Because we talk about that. Like confidence is key. How do you even regain your confidence to make that, that next move? I don't know, man. For a period, I was just embarrassed. I told my wife, baby, this is going to work. This is it. This is As entrepreneurs, like we always say, we're, we're confident in whatever we're doing. So I told everybody it was going to work. And to be honest, Kay, like I could have made it work if I wanted to. But the reality was I just didn't want to make it work because the way that the economy is going is people are going more towards things that don't require a location. It's going towards you ordering things or doing things virtual. So I felt like I was going backwards because I'm like, yo, I could be creating something virtual or something that people could order and I don't have to have a location, something where people have to go to. Infrastructure set up. Yeah. So I just felt the more I looked at that situation, I felt like I was going backwards instead of forward. So I just said, look, like Kim, this is a lesson, bro. This is something that you had to experience to help you find the next business venture. And I just had to go back to the drawing board. I had to reset and I had to like, just say, yo, I'm in business. I've been in business for over five years and I've made it this far. So I ain't make it this far to give up. And sometimes it's, I don't know if people ever seen the movie like too deep. And when you just too deep in the game, bro, it's like, there's no going back. So my attitude was like, yo, I'm too deep in the entrepreneurship. This is a, just a roadblock that I'm getting around and I'm going to keep it pushing. Yeah. As we like to say, you got to charge that to the game. Yo, for real, bro. That's literally what I had to do in that situation. For the second problem, I actually wish I did that. For me, for those new listeners who didn't, you know, get to hear episode one of Entrepreneurhood, I'm the guy who dropped out of St. John's University after the first semester. I was a marketing major and I took my leave with a 1.5 GPA. 1.5? Most <laughs> likely to succeed? What? But don't get it twisted. I'm so glad I dropped out. However, I wish. I did more networking while I was there. And that was the only thing I kind of regret. And I was so emotionally disturbed that I had to go to work and school at the same time. I didn't even care about building relationships and meeting new people. And I actually, I clicked up with a few people from my freshman orientation. After the first week of school, I knew I didn't want to be there no more. So <laughs> I had a meeting in the calf and I said, yo, bro, I can't do this. I can't wait four years to make some real money. We got to figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> and they agreed, but the hunger wasn't there like mine. See, like they come from different homes and I'm like, yo, my family was broke living paycheck to check. So I got to get it now. I can't wait until I get this degree to make some money. Wait, so okay, you was trying to recruit people your first week in college. What was your goal? You was trying to like start a business with them or what was you doing? <laughs> I was actually, yo, what are you good at? What's your major? What are you doing? Like, I'm getting to the, I'm trying to connect the dots. And I just knew it wasn't for me. Like having a 1.5 after being a 90 average student my whole life, it did something to me. Like, yo, this is not for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around a 1.5. Like, bro, did you go to class? <laughs> That's the thing. I went to class. I, I was there every day. <laughs> That's why I'm like, yo, am I dumb? Like, <laughs> I went to class, I, I went to study hall, I did everything and I, I participated. And I'm like, yo, my mind was just in a whole nother place. But I knew this journey was going to get cut short. 
so I should have made a conscious decision to meet and connect with people that's like-minded. And if I would have did that, I would probably would have been better off. And I probably just skip class and just go chill in the cafe and talk to people. I should have did that, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. And I would just stay to myself and I was like, I felt lost in the world. Cause I'm like, yo, this is not working. I got most likely to see my mother pull out these loans. I pull out loans. I'm in St. John's. This is an elite school. What I'm going to do? And I dropped out. I went to the office, the admissions office, and I said, you know, I'm putting in my time. She's like, you sure you want to make the decision? I'm like, yeah. She was like, you know, you can always come back. I'm like, you won't never see me again. Hey, KB, just to set the record straight, because there's been a lot of chatter in our group. Did Lawaz have any influence on you dropping out of college? I just need to set the, the record straight. Or, or it was just confirmation because when he hit me, I think he hit me on BBM. <laughs> I was in the admissions office and he first thing he said, he said, yo, you dropped out? And I'm like, I'm about to do it right now. <laughs> He's like, all right, what's the move after? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but I got to do this. And yeah, he had a part in it, but I was already in the office when he texted me. <laughs> How do you do something like that? How do you make such a big move and not have your next move in place? That's just wild to me, bro. Like, how do you do that confidently? I, I trust my gut. And I knew my mother was going to be happy. And at that point, I'm like, yo, this is my life. I make the decision. And if anything, I could always go back. But I probably wouldn't go back to St. John's because it's too expensive. It's like when you have a, a failure, just how you had your failure, you got to go back before that failure actually happened. And I'm like, yo, if I've been this smart throughout my whole life, in school, out of school, I could figure this out. And that's what gave me the confidence of just going back to see how, you know, I was brought up and how I was raised. And I've always been a sharpshooter. And it's, if I'm going bet on myself, nine times out of 10, which is usually 10 out of 10, I'm going to bet on myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. And I think, you know, like, that makes sense because what we said, bro, confident people always win. And for any of the listeners that haven't listened to the episode, trust your gut. KB just made a reference to that. And he didn't know what the next move was, but he knows the person he trusts the most is himself. And whatever his gut said was what he decided to follow through on. So, bro, I think that that's powerful, man. And that's really, again, a similar situation. So here's my experience, bro. So something that I wish I actually did do is get into real estate. So right now, my wife and I, we're in the process of buying our first home, and I'm realizing that home ownership is way easier than I thought. Like, we're in the process of just getting a starter home, and for the starter home that we're looking to get, like, the realtors and the agents are saying, you only got to put ten dollars to $20,000 down, and then the payments are going to be between 1000 to 1300 a month. And what blew my mind was, I was like, wow. Like, that's not bad. Like, I've been paying rent for $980 living in Indiana for all these years. And instead of making those payments, I could have been making payments towards a mortgage, which would, you know, increase my net worth. And, bro, putting ten dollars to $20,000 down was never, ever been the issue. Like, bro, I've had over $40,000 saved since I was, like, 23. But, like, I was uneducated with that much money. And I did not know how to use my money as a tool. So like looking back on it, bro, like when I was in Indy and I saved $150,000, like, bro, I could have easily just got two properties, easily been able to like rent those things out. And when I moved, I would have still had property in, in Indy. And like 
some of the times I hear a lot of people say, I did this, I did that, and I got nothing to show for it. And I feel like with all the money that I've saved and made, if I've actually got into real estate, like what if I, if people actually pointed me in the right direction or I had better people in my circle at that point, like I felt like I would have been way ahead, but it was just something that I was like, dang, man, like real estate is not as difficult. So anyone that's listening on any of our listeners that's listening and you got some money saved and your credit's decent and you could put $20,000 down, yo, I highly recommend it, bro, because it's like, it's an, you could turn your, they say your house isn't an asset, but once it's paid off or depending on how you use your house, or if it's just rental property, you could turn that thing into an asset, bro. Again, it's always the what if or the woulda, shoulda, coulda, but I feel like that's one thing that I, I slightly wish that I had better education in and I knew how to use my money better. So if you knew about the the market in Philly for buying, would you would have went with the truck or went with two houses? Bro, hands down, I would have went with the two cribs, bro. Because I think real estate has way more longevity. The truck is a trend. Real estate is generational wealth. So I think that for sure, man, if I just had better education, like instead of putting 30 bands into a truck, that would have been two properties right there, two starter properties that would have been making me passive income till this day. Yeah, or you could have just combined the two and got a mobile home. <laughs> yo i'm telling you so there's so many what ifs and like for sure i know i wouldn't have did no mobile home hell no but but i just wish that someone had pointed me in the right direction like i just know that and i don't know but i always feel and i'll share it more in the solution is because maybe people were pointing me in that direction but i was just too arrogant to listen and no one gave me a clear blueprint. People was like, yo, Lay, you should probably do real estate. Lay, you should probably do real estate. Bro, I grew up broke. I, I had no experience. None of that stuff resonated with me. My whole life, I had, I've been sheltered. And then now I'm up 100 bands and I have $50,000 at the age of 23. Like that's just, it just didn't connect. So, you know, what I want the entrepreneurs listening to realize is, yo, keep your circle close around you because if you have the right people in your circle, your decision-making could be phenomenal. And then if you don't have the right people or you have no one in your circle that's doing as well as you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because you won't know what's right or wrong. And I'm just glad that me and you, KB, like our circle has been tight. And because we're continuing to strive in business, like our business minds is, is always going, bro. It's always, yo, this is next. What's next? Yo, what's the next move? And even if we don't know, we just know the next move is going to be the best move. That's a fact. It's essential, man. Iron sharp as iron. For the third problem, I don't know what my next move should be. This particular problem is even harder when you're doing well financially because struggle is not my motivation anymore. Like I'm not hustling for rent or old credit card bills. Now I'm in a search for fulfillment for my business. So should I change my clientele? Should I hire help? You know, should I tweak my training business model? Or should I just focus on real estate more? And that's why this problem is I don't know what my next move should be. And honestly, the, the clarity didn't come until I took a step away from everything. And I literally did the simplest thing. I asked myself, how do you want your days to look? How do you want your life to look? How much freedom do you want to have? And then from there, I started asking myself, answering these questions in the best way possible. 
because I never wanted to be the trainer to train at five in the morning from, you know, six at night and have like gaps in between. But I also don't want to be a real estate agent that's chasing, you know, people around and showing houses the whole weekend. Like every weekend is taken up. And I'm like, yo, I got to figure out what I truly want. And I think that's the hardest part when you're doing well. I'm not worried about bills no more. I'm, I'm good. Everything's an auto pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Debt free. So it's like, all right, what, I, what do I truly want to do? Because I could go this way. I could go that way. And it's a blessing to have that position, but it's also a burden when you're not moving and you're stagnant because that's how you fall behind. And that's why speed is important as an entrepreneur and making decisions much sharper, but you got to take the time out essentially to figure out what you truly want. And that's the hard part once you get to the other side. And let's talk about that, bro, because that's crazy growth that you just shared. Like we've been recording this episode for over a year and where you are right now is not where you were when we first started recording. There's still a couple of things you was figuring out. And obviously you still figuring it out as you go, but bro, like in, in one year, you think you've turned it up to a whole new level. Some of the things we talked about and some of the financial success, we can't share these numbers on the podcast, but it's just, it's crazy, bro. So what would you say is like your biggest turning point? Like what's helped you go from the KB when we did episode one, the college dropout with a 1.2 GPA <laughs> to being debt free and not worrying about bills anymore. I guess the standard, I was watching a Tony Robbins YouTube video and he said he had a year, he went from 50,000, I believe to 500 K in the next year. And I'm like, how, like, how is that possible? And it was a standard he had and he knew he had a child coming. And he said, yo, I was born in poverty and I would not let my son being born in poverty as well. And it's like, you just put on a different helmet of integrity is of, I have to make this work. And for me, it was just based on within the pandemic. I'm like, I'm not going to let this break me and I'm going to figure a different way out. I'm going to think outside the box. And that's all I always been. So thank God I had my app in place before the pandemic and to give, give me the propel. And I'm blessed. I could say I'm up almost 300% since last year. Humbly, respectfully. It is dope because it's like, I'm not settling here. I'm trying to do 400% by the end of the year. And that's just the thing is it's okay to keep chewing for more. It doesn't mean you, that you're greedy, but we all crave progress because progress leads to happiness and fulfillment. It's not the money that I'm craving. Of course, I'm going I want the money, but the progress is what makes me keep going and the person who I become. And taking a real look in the mirror, it might sound cliche, but it's the truth. Because when you take a look in the mirror and you realize the person that you are, and you realize who the person that you might need to be, you start to make those changes on daily and the daily things and the small things that you do in daily is going to lead you to that success. I'm blessed. And it's like, yo, we, we got We said we got to touch that million before 30. That's, 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 you know, that's something that's set in stone is written. So we just got to walk it out. Bro. Like that part right there needs to be clipped. Like that, that needs to be on an Instagram reel right there, bro. Because like you was just dropping gem after gem. I don't know if it's because we haven't recorded an episode in a while and you just needed to get that out, bro. But yo, that was different, bro. That's what the people need to hear. The people really need to hear that. Let me share my experience with this. When entrepreneurs say, I don't know what my next move should be, bro. I think for me, like the way I feel about this is the toughest thing is when you know what your, your, what your strengths are but you don't know how to compliment it. I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurs that go through this, man. You know what you're good at, where you feel the most comfortable in. 
However, you just don't know how to compliment it. And for me, that's what I've been struggling with over the last six months because I know I'm great at sales. I know I could create my own product, but how do I put all of this together? And that's when I revisited public speaking and coaching. And I start trying to say, yo, Lay Kim, I got to create something that's symbiotic to what I'm currently doing. And I like, I don't know. I feel like my journey, I've, I, I went from point A, then I went to like point F and, and I'm trying to find the pieces in between. So then that way it'll take me to the next point. So it was like, I, I'm skipping stages. I'm going back and forth, but what I'm like really doing. And I think by me exploring coaching and public speaking, that's how I'm going to tie everything together. So for people who don't know, ever since after I invested into the truck and I realized that was a flop, I wanted to create something that was mine and I created the planner. And the planner, I'm rocking out till the wheels fall off on that because that's something I personally use on a daily basis. And it's something that I know I could offer to other people because a lot of people struggle with stress. They struggle with time management and they struggle with accountability. So for me, that was, I knew that was going to be my next move. And then with the planner, I just still always feel like there's more. So I was like, there got to be something where I could tie this all together to where I could have two steady streams. And I think my next move is going to be speaking. I'm going to speak to colleges. I'm going to speak to other companies. And I'm just going to give people one-on-one coaching outside of just my sales company. So I struggled, bro, because I knew what I was great at. But I was just finding a very hard time of how do I tie it all together? And I feel that's my goal. That's my plan right now. So how did speaking, public speaking come about? It's just always been something that I've been telling myself that I wanted to do, to be honest, before I got into sales. So at the age of 18, I reached out to some mentors and I was like, yo, I'm 18, man, and I want to be a a motivational speaker. And they're like, yo, Lee Kim, you're 18 you just graduated high school. You haven't done nothing. What I need you to do is accomplish something and then come back to me. And, and then I'll tell you what the next steps were. And he was like, what are you going to talk about at 18? I was like, I don't know. I could tell people that they'll be successful. And he was like, yeah, but bro, everyone's doing that. If you want to be a respected speaker, you got to actually accomplish something. So that was the inspiration and motivation that I needed. That's what led me into sales. That's what led me into learning how to coach people, mentor people. And now it's, I got six years of experience under my belt now. So now I'm ready to share my story and to share my journey. Yeah, that makes sense from the A to the F to square one. Now it's full circle and it's even deeper understanding the meaning. Yeah, because now I feel like I, I know what I know what the the ultimate goal is the ultimate goal is to tie it all into being able to speak because what I realized, bro, is I realized that I do not want to do anything manual labor. I do not want to build things. I don't want to clean things. Like I'm just, my skill is my communication and my words. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to allow that to be my money making machine to where anything that I don't want to do, I'm going to speak and I'm going to get it done. No manual labor necessary. Hold on. Sit to this up. 
Wait, say that again because it, it cut off. Oh, like cleaning. He don't like. I said, I hope Tiana listens to this episode. He don't like cleaning. He don't like doing nothing. He just likes talking and speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that sounds about right. And if my wife listens to this baby, I'm sorry, but listen, we gonna we gonna secure the bag. We gonna secure we gonna secure a big bag. So that's going we gonna get a maid to do all that, KB. <laughs> All right, let's get into the takeaways of these problems because every good problem is always a lesson learned and it's always uh, something you get out of the experience. My takeaway for the first problem, I wish I never tried that. Appreciate everything, whether it worked out or didn't. You won't fully understand unless you keep going. It's easy to beat yourself up over a bad investment, but it is fulfilling when you take that big L and you turn to big Ws. Real entrepreneurs know what's up. Bro, simple, man. Straight to the point. And let me piggyback off of that, that solution. So what I got is my message to every entrepreneurs that find themselves saying, I wish I never did that, is fail forward. And what's crazy, bro, is I actually just ran a meeting on this today for my team. And I went over eight reasons of why you should fail forward. But for the listeners, I'm going to give them my top three reasons of why I believe they should fail forward. Number one, is when you fail forward, you'll find your true potential. You'll figure out who you are. Number two is you will learn and grow. Every mistake is or, or failure is a way for you to like become better for the next opportunity. And number three is you'll stay humble. When you fail forward, it eliminates that arrogance demeanor that some people might have because that that humble pie of that setback that where you think you unstoppable and then you got to start over and then pass where you left where you last were that's why I think entrepreneurs need to fail forward I like that for for the second problem I actually wish I did that my takeaway is seize the day there's so much beauty with being in the presence you probably didn't invest in bitcoin or Dogecoin when it first was presented to you. However, it happens. But now that you're aware, you can not You can sit and cry that you missed the bus or you can get paid for the next one. Opportunities come every day, but you sitting and being stagnant is a guarantee that you're gonna miss it 100%. Yeah, bro, Meek Mill always said it best, bro. Closed mouth don't get fed. And if you waiting for an opportunity instead of grabbing what you what you can and take what you want don't take what people give you that's how you prevent yourself from getting left behind so what i got with that too bro is when entrepreneurs say i wish i actually did that my solution is you wasn't ready for that opportunity you wish you did that but you wasn't ready for it everyone goes through their different seasons at their own pace i'll say that again everyone goes through their different seasons at their own pace and when that opportunity presented itself, you was in a different season. You wasn't in that season where the opportunity needed you to be. So as long as you don't give up, the next time that opportunity presents itself, just stay ready so you don't got to get ready. That's exactly what you got to do because <laughs> time don't respect nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and then one thing I want to add to that too, KB, is like history repeats itself. So. There's certain things that you might have missed out on, certain investments. Me and KB, we missed out on a couple things, but we was like, yo, bro, let's play the patient game because another one or the same opportunity is going to come again 
And this time when it's here, oh, yeah, we planted these seeds. So we ready. We ready for whatever is about to happen. That's a fact. For the third problem, I don't know what my next move should be. My takeaway is unplug and lock in. Not your traditional lock-in where you fill up as much things that you have to do. Not your, not your traditional lock-in where you feel as if you have to follow up and do as much work as possible. This type of lock-in is when you actually lock in with yourself and you ask yourself legitimate questions. Can I see myself doing this for another five years? Do I see myself working at the same capacity? Do I see myself just working within myself or do I see myself working with a team? You're not going to find those answers until you take the time out and really interview yourself and analyze your whole situation. And as entrepreneurs, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day struggles, and it's easy not to fall short behind on your self-work. And you have to be aware of where you're going because you could be constant doing the day-to-day -day and it'll feel like you have a nine-to-five because you're just going with the motions. And there's nothing wrong with a nine-to-five if you do, but you have to realize what's my plan for my life. It's very complicated, but when you take the time out and you make it a conscious move, you'll find your answer. So unplug and lock in. Dang, that's major. And my takeaway is for entrepreneurs that say they don't know what their next move should be is write this down. I want the listeners to, to remember, make your next move symbiotic to your current move. And all that really means is build on one strong stream of revenue then build a smaller stream of revenue that supports the main stream. I hope that makes sense. So you got to get one strong stream. And then if you're trying to figure out your next move, make that move symbiotic. Make it like congruent with your current move, your current situation. And then as those two streams become really strong and you get two strong streams of revenue that are like on the same page, then you're ready to explore outside of your industry. Most people explore outside of their industry when their current streams are too weak. So if you're trying to figure out what your next move is, make sure you have at least two moves in your industry that's bringing you some consistent flows before you explore. Because I want all entrepreneurs to make sure that they making moves that's going to be congruent with what they're trying to accomplish. That makes a lot of sense. The first thing that came to mind is you know, if you sell sneakers, either sell shoelaces or, or sneaker cleaner. <laughs> yeah. You want something that's going to complement so it's much easier to make the next sale. And then eventually you could get into clothing. Exactly. And, you know, it, it just makes sense to complement, you know, things that way and built from the ground up. This episode was dope. Like, I have to go back and listen. Yo, I got to take some notes myself. <laughs> Facts. Man, my final thought is I want entrepreneurs to give themselves a chance to make amends with themselves because we beat up ourselves so much because we have these goals and high expectations. And when we fail for that moment, we feel like we failed in life. And you don't really know until you keep going. And at the same token, if you're being successful right now and you're on a great path, you just can't live off this one win. You have to keep going. So the, the ball never stops and we don't want it to stop. That's the whole point because we want growth. We want progression and we want to live our lives to the fullest. We're not the same. You're not like everybody else in your circle. You're not like everybody in your family. You have to understand that. They won't understand that, but it's okay. They'll probably understand it later. So make your next move your best move. Facts, bro. Facts. And I think that's one thing that entrepreneurs always got to remember. Whenever you enter the game of entrepreneurship, you got to understand you are not the same as people who are not in this world.
because this industry is either going to make you or it's going to break you. So just always remember that. I think that's important. You are not the same whenever you become an entrepreneur. And my final takeaway is this, bro. I got a quote um, from Zig Ziglar. And he said this in this joint, like, it resonated with me heavy. He said, remember this. Failure is an event, not a person. And what that means is too many people, they tie their failures to themselves instead of the event. Not succeeding at a business venture does not mean you're a failure. That just means you have more room to grow. So whenever you fail, get back on the drawing board, fail forward. And remember, make your next move your best move. Entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.